Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 207. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games, and this is the last time I get to mention that <laughs> it was. it is my birthday this weekend. I usually don't like to say that it's my birthday very much, but because of the whole near video thing, it ended up coming up in that case, and then I had also mentioned it, I think, during the stream, because... The context is like, oh, I know my dad wants me to go do something. So so here's the last mention of it because uh, my dad actually took me to go to a place called Area 15 locally here, uh, which is actually like some kind of like visual, um, I guess you call it, not really like an illusion, but like kind of like a visual show kind of thing where it's like a bunch of lights and, you know, they, they play with the lighting to make like an interesting you know setup. But, but one of the things that were there was uh, they had a barcade. And I'm usually not a fan of barcades, mainly because, you know, they usually stick to like a pretty... Small set of machines. Um, they often can be like multi-cades and things like that, so they're not like original hardware. And and the games that are there are typically stuff that like you don't really. I don't know. Like I feel like when I go to barcades, it's usually like, hey, here's the Pac-Man, here's the Galaga, here's the um, you know, I don't know, Golden Tea and stuff like that. You know, and like I like we'll have like multi-cades and things like that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's just like a really small selection of like the usual stuff kind of thing. I will say that, you know, I don't go to barcades very often, so maybe maybe there are other ones out there. I think there's like ground control in Portland Retro or Portland, Oregon, uh, that I went to, and they had kind of a, a more diverse set of games there for sure. Uh, but this place had a pretty pretty decent set of stuff. It's definitely all the more popular stuff, you know, so you're not gonna find anything really like distinct or interesting. But the, the, the popular stuff that they have seems to all be on, like, original hardware and generally well taken care of. You know, there's definitely some some finicky buttons here and there, but nothing felt like it was just, like, you know, completely neglected or anything like that. But, yeah, they had, like, you know, you had the usual, like, Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Dig Dug, uh, Donkey Kong, things like that. But it went up to things like, you know, Punch-Out, um, you know, Killer Instinct, uh, a couple different versions of Street Fighter 2, I think, Smash TV, things like that. And it's probably about somewhere between, like, 30 to 50 games, I'd say. And I think the big thing is that, like, even though it's nothing particularly unique, it's a very well-rounded lineup. And I feel like if you you know, generally went to the arcades in the 80s and 90s, like, there's there's going to be something there for you um, for that. You don't really have any, like, 3D stuff or anything like that, so no time crisis or anything like that. So so maybe maybe that stuff's more of my era of, of arcade stuff. Like, I feel like early 3D games is, is what I think of most. And by early, I mean, like, probably actually closer to, like, the 2000s, honestly, so not really early 3D. Um, but I, I feel like that that it doesn't really have anything there that represents what I would think of when it comes to, like, games I was playing when I was younger. Too Spicy? No copies of Too Spicy. <laughs> Although I don't know how young I was when Too Spicy came out. I feel like, I feel like Too Spicy is, like, a mid-2000s game, but I, I can't remember for sure. Anyways, it seems, like, really cool, though, and it, and it seems like a, a, a nice place. And I wouldn't really ever go back there again, I don't think, for any reason. But just seeing all those machines, like, really t- well taken care of and the nice diversity of machines... Uh, and, and just kind of the, the kind of the completeness of like kind of covering all their bases. I feel like they did a really good job in, in selecting things. I don't know anything about pinball, but they had pinball machines there too. Uh, and the one thing I know is that the Adams family pinball machine is like a surprisingly desirable machine for some reason. I assume because the game is good. Um, if you watch the Odama stream, you'll know that I am terrible at pinball. So when I play pinball, I basically just like knock the flippers and like hope the ball hits something i don't really have a have like a great um 
idea of like how to aim the ball and things like that. But uh, but they they had the Adams Family machine there, which I think is like a fairly expensive machine too. So it seems like the people there are picking out uh, uh, decent stuff. Anyways, that's just kind of a neat, weird thing. I wasn't really intending to talk about that. I didn't know they had a barcade there. I just kind of happened to be there and, and looked at it. It's like, oh, this is actually surprisingly solid. Uh, the newest, they had a Killer Queen machine actually. So that's like a newer thing they had there. But Killer Queen machines are kind of, um, I don't know, they draw a particular crowd, I feel like. They do really require like a large group because you have to have like the 5v5 aspect of it. So, yeah. Um, in terms of games I played this weekend, though, or, or rather through this this last week, um, one thing I did was I went ahead and played a bit of Dirge of Cerberus on my own. So if you don't know, we're playing Dirge of Cerberus on stream. And we're actually playing a Japanese version of Dirge of Cerberus uh, there. We're playing the international release. And if you don't know, the international release is basically the Japanese re-release of the U.S. version. Uh, and if you set your PlayStation 2 console to English, um, the game will actually boot up in English, so you can actually play the Japanese version completely localized already um, if you want to. Why would you want to do that? There's not really a reason why. <laughs> um, there's there's some additional cutscenes you can unlock on the disc, but they're, they're Japanese-only online uh, cutscenes, basically, for the online mode of Dirge of Cerberus. Um, so, so, you know, unless you want to look at those cutscenes in Japanese, then, you know, there's really not a benefit as far as I can tell. Um, so, but, but we're playing that version there and, and we are unlocking the online cutscenes. Hopefully we're, we're shooting the capsules specifically for it. There's like collectible capsules in Dirge of Cerberus where you can like shoot them and they'll unlock cutscenes, model viewer stuff, things like that. Um, they might also unlock extra missions or that might be like a separate thing. I, I don't remember for sure. Um, but, but so we're playing that on stream. We got about like, you know, two and a half to three hours into that. Um, so I went ahead and played a bit of the original Dirge of Cerberus that came out in Japan before the U.S. release. Um, and if you don't know the difference between that original Dirge of Cerberus and what was eventually released in the U.S. and re-released in Japan, um, essentially they did a lot of control changes to Vincent. So like how Vincent controls in the game is is, is fairly fairly different, I would say. Like you, you basically can't like jump and shoot. Um, the melee attacks work differently. Like there, there's a, a lot longer of a melee combo that you do in that game. Um, and you also can't like melee attack in the air. There's a lot more limitations in how Vincent moves really. Um, he has a roll instead of a dash and the roll like automatically puts him into a crouching stance, which I find to be kind of, kind of, um, I don't disorientate to the right word, but it just, it's always surprises me. Like I'm expecting just like roll, but I always like roll. And then I have to like stand back up to get out of that roll. Essentially. I kind of wish it was just like a standard roll where you roll. And then the character was just already standing when, when you, when you move forward with, uh, or once you finish the roll animation, essentially. Um, but it makes certain like encounters, I think harder. Like there's a, there's a encounter where you fight Shelk in the game, which is like this lady with uh two, beam sabers basically and she she dashes around and will dash at you and i feel like being able to jump and shoot in uh the 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 u.s release and beyond uh makes that fight a lot easier where in the japanese version where you're kind of like magnetized to the ground um and you have to like just kind of like find uh openings to shoot her at some point um it, it it's pretty challenging I'd say, I'd say the japanese version the original japanese version feels more challenging overall but it doesn't feel as good to play um, in general as well. So I think a lot of the changes they made were actually probably for the best. If the, there's one thing I wish that they kept, I kind of wish they kept the roll, just basically made it so you didn't crouch at the end of it. Cause I, the dash in the final, in the U S release, 
Um, I don't know. Something about it doesn't feel as um, evasive as the role for some reason, maybe because he doesn't really like kneel down that far. And I think he just has invulnerability during that. So I don't think it really matters all that much, but just something about the animation is just not as satisfying. So, so yeah, we're still playing that um, on stream and, and I'll probably continue to play this Japanese version behind it. Um, oh, there's also like a change to how you have the beast form works. You can basically change to the beast version of Vincent um, for all intents and purposes at will. You need at least half an MP bar in the game uh, uh, to do it. And then you can basically change back out of it. Where in the, uh, the US version, when you, tr when you do the limit break, it's, uh, it's like an item you pick up and you use. And then you can turn to the beast form or whatever. Um, so I played, played a bit of that. And then... As I promised last week, although I was a little late on it, I played Buddy Mission Bond. I was originally going to play Buddy Mission Bond on Sunday, um, but when I uh, started working on that Nier video, I got in the groove. I was feeling good. And I was like, let me just keep working on the Nier video. So I went ahead and did that instead of playing Buddy Mission Bond. But uh, on, I believe, Wednesday night this week, I went ahead and finally played Chapter 2. I think it's technically chapter one, actually. So I think, I think the prologue is chapter zero and the second chapter is chapter one. So I technically played the first main chapter of the game, finally. It took me about two and a half, two and a half hours to get through. And, you know, it's and this is also one of the chapters that were in the demo. I just never actually played it in the demo. Um, but yeah, I, I am really enjoying that game. If you don't know how that game or what that game is, basically it is a detective game for the Nintendo Switch that reminds me a lot of like detective games on like the Nintendo DS. It's kind of an adventure game as you uh, basically go through these dialogue sequences and then characters ask you questions and you have to respond to them. And depending on if you get the right or wrong answer, you have like a hero rating and you'll, you'll fill up the hero rating and that'll give you a higher ranking at the end. And if you max out that hero rating, you unlock additional cutscenes that you can watch later, essentially. Um, and, and in this uh, series of like cutscenes and stuff, there's some like little quick time event things you can do where you can basically... Um, it'll ask you like to shoot people. So you have to like basically hit the analog stick to the left to move the cursor and then press the, the X button to shoot. Uh, or like, you know, when, when it's asking you to handcuff someone, you might have to pull down on the stick to, to throw the, the handcuff around their wrist kind of thing. Um, it doesn't seem like there's really any fail states as far as I can tell. So it's just, a, I think it's just a way to make you feel more involved in the uh, the interactions that you do in the game. And then what's kind of interesting about Buddy Mission Bond specifically is that there's actually on-foot sections. So you kind of go around and you kind of like explore these... Um, these places that you're infiltrating. So kind of the core flow of the game is you have this story sequence where you, you know, it sets up the plot of that chapter. Um, and then there's like an investigation sequence. So you have a map that you can move around. And as you move around this map, it drains your character's energy. Um, and so you can go around and go to these different locations and, and answer questions and things like that and unlock new clues about um, how to infiltrate the area that you need to get to. Um, and then once you're done with that infiltration, you can essentially go to the area and then use the information you have to make decisions about what path you want to take and how to get around the different um, traps or, or like locks and things like that in the environment. Um, so it's that's kind of the core flow of it. And then there's usually like some kind of finale sequence that, that plays out essentially. Um, this game is entirely in Japanese, so you would think that being a heavy text-based Japanese game with very minor, like, on-foot interactions that you're doing, uh, it would be challenging to play without knowing Japanese. But I've been actually been using um, the Google Translate camera tool to basically point my cam my phone at the, the monitor using this uh, mount I have over here. It's like a mount that connects to my lights that I use to light myself during 
you know, uh, videos and streams and things like that. And I basically just like point the camera translation tool uh, at the at the screen, and because it has like these solid white block backgrounds with with black text in them, uh, it actually does a decent job of translating. Now, obviously, you're not going to be getting like natural English sounding sentences or anything like that, but it's basically to the point that I would say I understand probably about like. 90% of what's happening like it like it, it is pretty clear what's going on maybe I don't understand completely in the exact moment but as I get more information about what's happening I can kind of like piece together what's happening in the scene and also uh, answer questions and things like that. Now, there are some times where it's like kind of confusing of like what is, you're being asked. But one of the nice things is that there's actually a save system that you can basically save it almost any time. There's, there's a few restrictions that I don't really understand why they have restrictions in some of these situations. I think it might be like situations where you have like timers and things like that. Um, but you can save like almost at any point. So it's really easy to like save scum. So if you get something wrong, you can go back and, and reload it. And, and, and the consequence is fairly, fairly minimal, um, uh, to that, you know, it's just a, as long as you're saving fairly often, um, you know, it's just a, a matter of, of time essentially. So, so it's been really easy to like sit down and, 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 and get into, and, you know, because the game is basically, you know, largely, you know, I'd say probably about 70% or more of the dialogue is voice acted. It's really easy to follow just kind of like the tone of the conversation and how these characters act. You know, basically you're playing as this guy named Luke, who's like the son of a of a uh, very, uh, I guess, respectable cop in the force or whatever. And and, and then so he's basically kind of undercover or uncovering this, um, I guess you could call it like corruption plot within the police, the local police. I mean, again, I'm very early on in the game, so I don't 100% understand what's going on here. Um, and then you like pair up with this one dude who is like a, a wanted criminal who's been like around the world stealing gems and stuff. Um, specifically from South America, I feel like it's pretty rare you see a Japanese game character from South America, but maybe I'm wrong about that. It's, it, 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 I was surprised to find out he was from South America, or at least it seemed to heavily implied that's where he was from. Um, so he's, he's basically going on like stealing these gems and you kind of find out why, uh, and there's two additional characters as well, but I have not, I have not met them yet, but it's just like a really flashy game and, and it's just surprising just like how easy it is to understand using that camera translation tool. Um, I'm hoping that like if, um, Famicom Detective Club sells pretty well, I'm hoping that, that, that is a good sign for Nintendo and Nintendo will bother to translate, uh, Buddy Mission Bond at some point. Um, but yeah, I'm really enjoying it and I, and I want to really sit down and spend more time with it. I thought about playing some more tonight, but I figured I would go ahead and do this podcast just because I had enough materials, uh, today and then, uh, that will leave a Sunday for me to sit down and maybe play some more Buddy Mission Bond. So had a good time with that. Anyways, um, in terms of news this week, I don't have any real big news stories. I thought about talking about that Skyward Sword Amiibo thing and I was like, everyone's kind of talking about that and I don't really care that much. If you don't know, basically there's this, um amiibo for skyward sword that adds like a feature in the game that allows you like easily fast travel back and forth up and down between like the overworld and the dungeons and there you know people are complaining about it being like a 25 dollar figure you have to buy for a feature in the game that would actually be very useful um so whatever it is i don't know and i i, I don't feel like me saying anything will will have any impact on anything so and i feel like enough people have complained about both sides um either way best example to boycott something if you don't like it just don't buy it <laughs> just like if you don't like something just don't buy it is often a, a very good answer um 
Anyways, yeah, so in terms of looking around at news this week, I actually took some time to look at some, like, random Switch games. I will say the Nintendo Switch is a platform that, like, if I were more invested in current modern games, uh, would be the most bizarre thing that I'd want to, like, sit down and really spend time with. Whenever I go to, like, a GameStop or a Walmart, I feel like whenever I look at the Nintendo Switch section in specific, I'm like, wow, I have no idea what 70% of these games are. And they all look like they were, like, funded off Kickstarter or something. <laughs> like, I don't know what any of these are. Um, but I kind of find that somewhat appealing about the platform. Um, and maybe maybe someday if, like, Switch games get to the point that they are they're relatively cheap, uh, I might start looking into more of those. I, I feel like I don't really see a ton of, um, like, deeply discounted Switch games at this point. But, you know... I'm not exactly out there searching for deals most of the time. Um, but anyways, there were some few Switch games that I was looking at. One I've talked about before, and it's that uh, DC Superhero G- Girls uh, teen power game. I think it was out- announced during Nintendo Direct. Um, and I don't really remember what I talked about before or what I saw about that game before. But I was just looking at some of the more recent screenshots uh, that came up when they were talking about the uh, the Japanese localization of the game that's, that's happening. Um, and it just kind of reminded me that this is like a, a, a kind of... I guess you could call it third-person action game that has, like, a very Western cartoony style to it. But it's got, a, like, a nice aesthetic overall. And and because it's, like, same thing with, like, you know, the Professor Layton game that's, like, hey, this this game is the, the Lady Layton game or whatever. It has some aspects to the game that are focused around being more appealing to young girls kind of thing. Um, so, essentially, there's, like, a kind of high school elements to the game where, where it sounds like there's some kind of, like... Uh, Maybe, maybe not relationship element is the right word, but like, you know, there's like a social element to the game and then like you can go around town and like take selfies of different things. And I'm curious if the selfie taking stuff is just if you want to take a selfie or if it's like actually a mechanic of the game. I feel like a weird number of games let you take selfies these days. <laughs> um, and then, uh, and then you can also do, like dress up your characters with different, uh, with different outfits and things like that. So that's always somewhat appealing to me, but I think the game just like has a really nice aesthetic to it. And, um, I think it's like a weird open world thing too. So you can like walk around the city and things like that. Um, again, I have not looked at a ton of this. It's mainly just like the preview material that they've put out. I think it actually comes out in like a week or two or something. Honestly, if I had nothing better to do with my life, I would probably sit down and play that. (laughs) Um, but unfortunately I'll probably just like shove it to the side for now. Um, I will not be buying it immediately, but I wish I would. I don't know. It's, 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 it's a very like kind of me, I'm going to buy a random Wii game for $1 type game that I just like, I would like to sit down and just kind of see what it is. Um, but I don't think I'm going to sit down and like invest a full retail price into or really commit time to right now, unfortunately. Um, I was also looking, I don't have a lot of details about this game. There's a, there's a hamster game that is, um, coming out by success. I think it might be called like the story of hamster or something like that. I tried Google translating the title and like, it just said story of dot, 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 dot. So I was like, maybe it's like trying to say story of hamster and like Google is just not liking this or something. I don't know. Um, but it's like basically a, a hamster ra- raising sim. So you can go uh, like and like create a uh, little like hamster environments and they'll like walk around and interact with it and you can like take care of them, feed them and things like that. Um, but one thing that I, that jumped out to me is that it's actually a success game. Um, so the publisher success uh, or, or I guess developer, I don't know if they specifically publish actually, but, but the, the, the success team. And so being that, you know, being the, the, the touch detective developers, uh, they actually do have the little like brown, uh, I think his name's like Nameko, the, the brown fungi thing. 
fungi, how you pronounce it, <laughs> that they put in a bunch of their games. So he's actually in there too. But it's kind of nice. Um, it's weird. The, the the art on the front of the case is like very very nice. It's like this nice like almost watercolor look to all the hamsters and things like that. Um, it's kind of like got this like spotted look to the uh, the coloring and things like that. Um, but the in game <laughs> the in game assets look like it's look like it's like unity assets or something so so i think i i, I would have liked if that that aesthetic carried more into the game itself uh, i don't think i'll end up checking it out but for some reason there's something appealing to hamster games for me i was looking at 3ds games at one point and there's like a bunch of hamster games there's like i would like to play a hamster game i do not currently own a hamster game so um and then inevitably whenever i say that to somebody like oh yeah you know hamtaro for the game boy color and i'm like yes i know hamtaro for the game boy color <laughs> that game comes up more than i i don't know more than i expect i i think the hamtaro game boy color game is just one of those things where it's it's enough of a trivia game of like oh did you know nintendo published this hamtaro game and people were like oh nintendo hamtaro game and like this game's actually pretty good um, so I, I feel like I've seen it talked about more, more than once at this point. I think the first time I heard about it was like Tamashi Hiroka, whatever her name is. She has like a YouTube channel for like, uh, games for girls, or at least she had the, some of the topics were about games for girls. I think she mainly talked about Pokemon actually. Um, but anyways, uh, that being said, uh, I just think it looks like it looks cute. I'm, I'll never play it. Um, this game, so this game I actually might end up playing. Again, this is one of those ones where I try to do the Google Translate, and I don't really know 100% if this is the accurate name, but it's called Ngawa Boys and Kemonotan, or whatever is what it is. And then keep in mind, all these I'm going to have links in the description for, so if you're, like, really curious about these, um, I, there's the resource for you to find it. I know I'm probably butchering it. Um, but this is actually a game by Gambarian, which is the developers of a lot of the One Piece games, um, and, and specifically that m most Nintendo fans probably best know, know them for is Pandora's Tower. So they worked on that. Um, so apparently they've been self-publishing some games. I was not aware of this, but they've been doing some self-publishing on the side. And this game in specific really jumped out at me. And this is something that always kind of jumps out to me with a lot of games. It's probably why I have like Tawari no Palm over there, even though I've never played it, which is that Capcom game with like the dudes in the mirror and you like, you know, interact with them, like really close face to face kind of interactions. Um, so this is a game where you basically are like living in a house with this dude and you go out and like farm the fields or whatever to like create or to like make get vegetables and make food. And and like I'm 100 not 100% sure this is how it works but like based off the Google translation so I might be missing something here. So you go out and like you farm uh, for food and then you 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 make food using the vegetables and stuff you get. And then at night you go out and you fight monsters with this dude. <laughs> um and so you like go and you fight these things. It's like these kind of watercolor battle uh scenes where you have this like I remember uh, in the trailer I think there's like a picture of like a a, a tiger kind of uh uh like drawing fighting like a dragon drawing and they have health bars and things like that. Um, I think it might be kind of like an auto battler in some ways. I think it might be based off the food you bake during the day or cook during the day and things like that. Um, but then once you're done at the night, you go back to the to the house and then you have kind of these like these face to face conversations um, with this dude. And he's like kind of prominently in the the, the front of the screen there. And, and he's a very handsome man. Um, so so there's like like I don't know. I find that kind of like face to face interaction 
d- d- portrayed in a game pretty appealing. It's probably why I thought like Summer Lesson looked kind of interesting. Why I thought Tuari No Palm looks interesting. Why I think Love Plus looks interesting. Just like them really coming up and like putting this character really close to you, and that being kind of like the main form of communication. Hey, speaking of uh, upfront people in your face, uh with Gambari on the uh, uh, Pandora's tower has a very similar thing where you get home, you, 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 you talk to, I forget her name, the, the lady in Pandora's tower. And it's just very, just like, I, I have my wife waiting for me at home kind of moment where she's just like, like, Oh, how are you doing? And you guys like, she like tells you about her day and then she might like make things for you that you can take with you. She's like, Oh, I made a pouch for you. So you have a bigger pouch now. And, and like, uh, I forget oh, what is her name. I know the main guy is Aaron. Cause I can hear her saying it or, or something along those lines. I forget her name though. But anyways, um, so I like that kind of aspect and I'm curious if like that Pandora's tower aspect is, is like something that informed this game to some degree. Now this game is actually, um, is actually coming out on Google play and, um, and iOS like, uh, on, on the 27th. Um, but they are doing a switch version. They just haven't announced a date yet for that. I'm, I may consider looking into that, although it is, again, Japanese only, so so we'll have to see if it's something I can actually interact with. But but I'm honestly really curious about it, so I'd, I'd like to sit down and, and, and maybe check it out at some point. And that's pretty much it for Switch games. Uh, there were a couple other games I looked at. There's like Pocky and Rocky that we talked about. That's coming out for PS4 and Switch. And uh, I, th- I can't remember if it's a remake of Pocky and Rocky or if it's like its own new Pocky and Rocky game. Uh, but apparently that's set for fall 2021 in Japan. I don't think they've given a US release date for that yet. I also don't know if it has like network play. That's what I'm really hoping for is it has online play. Because I, I feel like a Pocky and Rocky game is very much a two-player experience. Um, I, I recently picked up Heavenly Guardian on the Wii, which is basically a Pocky and Rocky game, but they, they don't have the license for it. Um, and I sat down and played it for a little while. I'm like, yeah, I'd really just like to play this with somebody. So I think, I think when I actually play, um, that game, Heavenly Guardian, which I'm going to play it on the Steam version or something, probably. Um, I think the, the Steam version is called like Suyuki, the Snow Princess or Battle Princess or something like that. Um, so I would like to play that with somebody someday. I just got to make the time for it. Um, I think it might be a local only, but you can do like a uh, steam, uh, streaming stuff with that. So, so it's not technically online enabled, but you can make it work. And I've played enough like stream games with people that I, I think I'm relatively confident in, in the ability to do that. Um, you know, outside the game itself, uh, for that. And then the other game I was looking at was Project Gam, uh, which is, this is actually a Psy Games game. Uh, they showed off a couple screenshots for it. It seems kind of like an action RPG. They haven't said what consoles it's going to be for, but I assume it's going to be for PS5, um, Xbox Series, well, PS5 at the very least. <laughs> I'll say Xbox Series X, but you know, Japanese games coming to Xbox is always kind of up in the air. I actually don't think Psy Games has announced any kind of Xbox games yet. So I, w- I would assume PS5 and then maybe like a, a downpour on PS or on Nintendo Switch. Like visually, the screenshots they show does not look like a Switch game, or at least the the version showed does not look like what would be the native Switch version of that game. Um. Anyways, so so essentially, this is an action game, and the reason I'm even bringing it up because they really haven't shown off much is that this is actually the uh, Senor Kagura's director's uh, new game. Which, if you don't know, the guy who was working on Senor Kagura left uh the his old or it's kind of this weird thing. He I think he like left marvelous but technically is still a part of honey parade games who works on the center kagura games and he was like kind of working at both side games and and uh honey parade at the same time because he he was working on uh kandagawa jet girls 
um, uh, as well, even though he was at Side Games, apparently working at this game called Project Gam. Um, so, you know, I, I'm kind of curious how much I actually care about this game, because I will say the only Senator Kagura games I've played is PBS, Peach Beach Splash, the third-person water gun shooter, and uh, not Senator Kagura, but kind of ad- adjacent to it, um, Kandagawa Jet Girls, which is like a, a racing game with water gun elements, too. So, like, when I think about what, like, Senator Kagura is as an action game, like, I, I've never played them in my head. They they probably aren't anything special. Um, you know, the, the, the kind of main gimmicks of them is that they're, you know, sexy, big, big boob games. This game is not sexy, big boob game, by the way. I think he said specifically with side, with his side games projects, he didn't really want to take that approach to them. Um, um, it's actually got a really nice uh, art style to it. Although I will say like the setting seems a little boring. Like it, it just kind of seems like generic fantasy um, and I, I kind of was just hoping it would look a little different, I guess, but we'll see. Like they have not shown that many screenshots of the game yet or anything. They showed like two screens and that was it. And then the rest has mainly been art. So I'm not really sure if I'm excited about it, but I'm glad to see him, him off working on other things. Um, I really don't know what the current status of Honey Parade games is. Although I feel like anytime a developer goes quiet for like <laughs> a, a chunk of time and I can't find a way to figure out what they're currently doing, I get in this like panic mode of like, what are they doing? What is Honey Parade Games doing? Are they working on something? Although, like, the case of Honey Parade Games, it's weird to me that they're not working on the Neptunia X Center Kagura game. Uh, to my understanding, Compile Heart is just doing that game. So, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe I'm overthinking of it, like, with the Triace and, uh, what was the other company? Media Vision. Like, whenever I see those companies just, like, be quiet for a weird amount of time. Or, like, maybe they just, like, slowed down releases or they, like, shut down all their active mobile games. I'm just like what's going on? Are they making video games still? Or what are they doing? <laughs> so I probably just panicked too soon. Uh, but I think, I think part of it is just like me and like looking into skip. And so like, whenever I see that stuff, my, I'm just like, start firing off. Like, what else can I check into to see what, what, what the issue is here? So I don't know. Honey Parade Games, I hope you're all right. Um, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlPort.com is the website. If you didn't see this week, I uh, put up two videos, actually. Uh, I put up a Sin and Punishment casual review. So that's up. It's just me talking about Sin and Punishment. I think that's a very cool Nintendo 64 game. And I think if you have not played the original Sin and Punishment, you should definitely sit down and do so however you need to. It's like an hour and 30 minutes long. Very quick and easy. Just basically sit down and blast through it in 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 an afternoon or or something. Um, And then I put up the Nier video today. Um, so that, that's up on the website. If you don't know what that Nier video is, basically it's a comparison video between the brother and father versions of Nier. So basically when the game first came out, they split up the protagonist between the Western and, uh, Japanese release. It's a little more complicated than that, but let's just summarize it as that. And they ended up with two kind of different protagonists and how they interact with the rest of the team is quite a bit different than, uh, than, than each other. So, so the, the, I'm very pro dad Nier. So I will say that the video is very much skewed in that angle i feel like um but i think the brother near is like the brother near makes more sense in the story but he's also just like a lot more boring of a character so so yeah uh, in terms of what's coming up next though I, I think i'll probably have some kind of casual review scheduled to come up at some point not this week but but maybe next week we'll have that 
And then uh, I'll let you know, though, if I if I plan to put anything up. I have a couple that are basically put together in terms of, like, me talking about the game. I just got to edit it together. Uh, and then in terms of the featured content, my, my main goal in the short term is to work on PCFX-related stuff for now. So I'll give you more details as that comes up. I've talked about it a bit in the before, so if you've heard me talk about PCFX stuff recently, that's what I'm working on. Um, I may also work on another video on the side as a just-in-case, in case the PCFX stuff takes a little longer than I expect it to. Um, and I think it's a video that I can probably put together relatively quickly, and I think it will be pretty solid. And it kind of, it's kind of in the vein of the Battle and Wonderworld video, uh, but about a different game that people very much did not like. So, so yeah, well, we will see about that. Um, and yeah, for now, I'm just going to go play some Buddy Mission Bond. So thank you so much for coming. Uh, we'll be streaming some more Dirge of Cerberus on uh, 7 p.m. Thursday this week. So if you want to come check that out, uh, we should be playing Dirge of Cerberus for the next at least two streams. Uh, and then we'll figure out what we're going to move on to from there. I have not planned much on the stream front, so I should probably figure that out sooner rather than later. Anyways, I hope you have a great week. Bye!